is the Under Centre Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Under Centre Podcast. I am your host for today, Fionn, and I am joined by two of the biggest reasons that Aaron Rodgers allegedly will not return to the Packers, and that is Jake and Dara. Lads, how are you today? I'm doing well. You know what they call me? They call me Jake Littlefinger for many reasons. It's, one of them is because I've been whispering Aaron Rodgers' uh, ear, but we won't get into the other reasons. That's for the, the After Hours Under Centre podcast. I just told uh, Aaron Rodgers that he couldn't do it on a, a wet Wednesday night in Stoke, and then he uh, he took me up on that offer. He's on his way to Stoke now to start playing some football for them instead. You know, he is quarterback so sensitive. We're starting to see it this season. Jake has tried to step up into the quarterback role this season in training Ooh, so far. When you've got a cannon like this, we're this seeing a big here. change in attitude from the running back Jake to the quarterback Jake. Although I am just. I am just saying I did catch a peach from Dicey at training on Sunday while someone else was trying to cover me. A so you top, have some competition. Top coverage, top coverage safety <laughs> was burned. One-handed yeah. catch while getting the other arm pulled. So it was it definitely was an interference. Yeah, yeah. It was the safety. I'd like to point out afterwards, I told him it was a one-handed catch and he goes, was it? I blacked out. <laughs> <laughs> Once I hit top speed, I blacked out and I don't remember a thing. Yeah, that's it. Well, guys, we have a great show for you today. But before we get started, will you please like and subscribe to us here at the Under Center Podcast? It helps us out, helps us get the algorithm going. And also leave a comment below as well if you've got some thoughts on what we have to say today. We love that interaction. So today we were talking a little bit during the week about how there's quite a lot of teams in the NFL that have brand new quarterbacks or new faces that could be quarterbacks around the league. And we thought we'd have a look at team by team who we think is the presumptive starter and whether we think that's going to be an upgrade, a downgrade, or roughly the same quality that they had last season. So there's a lot of teams, so we're going to dive straight in. And Dara, I'll start with you. And we're going to start with the New England Patriots. They, of course, drafted Mac Jones this year in the draft. They also have Cam Newton still on the roster. He went 7-9 and nine as a starter. We're going to assume Mac Jones, for the case of this argument, starts the season. Where do you think they end up? Are they going to break even, be ahead of the curve, or below the curve they were last season? See, it's very difficult because there's such different players as well. Um, you know, Cam's more of a runner, and Mac Jones likes to sort of throw it around a bit. I have them actually... Being if Mac Jones starts uh, week one and plays throughout the whole season, I actually have him lower than seven and nine next year because he's a rookie quarterback, because there's still question marks over his ability at the NFL level, and because I know they've put a lot of work into getting uh, some top tight ends, but they haven't gotten really any quality wide receivers there for him to throw to. So I think they're actually going to go down. Um, from seven and nine next year if Mac Jones is starter week one. Yeah, Jake. for whatever reason, a lot of people thought Mac Jones was going to go in the top five, uh, Dara including. Maybe he was just a bit more hopeful than the rest of us, but yeah, most realists here on this was... side knew that Mac Jones could not possibly <laughs> go to the, the 49ers. There was just wishful thinking from Dara on his side, but I'm going to have to agree with Dara. I think he's... He's not as refined a prospect as I would have liked. Um, I certainly didn't think Cam did a, an excellent job last year. But 7-9, it's not going to be too easy for a rookie quarterback um, to get that. And also, if you just think of that AFC East, it's a lot of up-and-coming teams. Um, 
the Bills, they're not going to beat the Bills. They're going to be swept by the Bills if Mac Jones is playing playing that quarterback there. The Dolphins, again, it's not going to look good for for uh, Mac Jones against the the Dolphins, and uh, maybe they beat the Jets. But that's kind of anyone's game at that point. The Jets are the Jets, as we know. So yeah, definitely gonna go. I probably have them around maybe four wins, if even maybe less. I I have them breaking even. Uh, I was gonna do uh, under like you guys were, but I've been a fan of Mac Jones much more than maybe you guys were. Uh, I quite liked his skill set. I thought it would transfer pretty well. So seven, while it's a good a good amount of wins, it's not a a ridiculously good season so i could see a rookie quarterback scraping together seven wins possibly that extra game might help him out a little bit at the end of the season we'll move on now to the new york jets and that is almost certainly going to be zach wilson at the starting quarterback they managed only two wins last season really quickly uh before we do any summaries jake are you going up down or even i'm going up dara yeah, up. You have to. You can't. You can't go any further down from than two and fourteen. I've got up as well, Jake. Do you want to give us a quick rundown on on yeah. your kind of summary as to why he's? I'll give you a little little summary. I think, um, as I said, I'm not a fan of the Patriots at the minute, even though they kind of loaded up on some talent. But then again, so does every team in the off season. Uh, Zach Wilson clearly a better prospect than Mac Jones. Um, and then just uh, if they can scrape out one or two wins against the Patriots, they're already going to have that uh, win percentage going up. The next team on my list is the Denver Broncos. Now, they have Drew Locke still on the roster. Most people would agree he did not have that step up on his previous season, last season, that everyone was hoping for. They've brought in Teddy Bridgewater. We're going to assume Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the starting quarterback. Dara, he got five win- or the Broncos got five wins last season. Do you see them up in that, below that, or right about even? I actually have them right about even. I think the quarterback is not going to be the issue next year. I think it's actually more going to be coaching that's going to be the issue and possibly defense that is going to cause their downfall because I like Teddy Ridgewater. I wish he would. I wish him every success wherever he goes. It's too bad it didn't work out in Carolina. Hopefully he can do some good stuff in 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 Denver to prove that he's wor- it was a good 5 and 11 for him next season or 5 and 12 or 6 and 11. Um but yeah, I have them about even. And Jake yeah, I'm gonna go up on this one. I think um, I think Teddy Bridgewater gives you a little bit more than Drew Luck. From what we've seen in the camps and stuff, Drew Luck has had a, a little bit of a bad run, um, so far. But again, it is only uh, only camp. But I certainly think that uh, Teddy has kind of fallen himself into a little bit journeyman role at the minute. But I think he still has a good bit of talent, and I think he can certainly do a lot better than five. I said down, guys, and I think the Broncos didn't add enough talent this off season. And I think Teddy Bridgewater hasn't played a full season since that injury. We saw him only in a backup capacity in the Saints last season. And I just am not willing to give him the benefit of the doubt of getting back to where he was until he shows me. So I'm going to bet while it's only five wins, I think he might struggle to get those wins based on also the talent around him. Uh, The next team on my list I have here is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now they are nailed on with the number one pick to start trevor lawrence jake where do you think they end up they only got a single solitary win last season surely to god you have them going upright 
I think you got to be silly to go anything but up on this one. If they squeak out a win or a tie and a win, they're definitely going to be doing a whole lot better. And I mean, Trevor Lawrence, he's not a scrub. He, he's certainly got to have his rookie pains, but he's still Trevor Lawrence. A lot of people are calling him the next Andrew Luke, so I'm going to go up on that one. Dari, you must agree, surely? I do agree. I do agree. I do think Trevor Lawrence is going to improve the Jaguars, but I don't think by a whole lot. I think sort of the likes of Justin Herbert last season sort of broke the mold for rookie quarterbacks in the NFL. There is a lot of growing pains, and I think that we are going to see Lawrence struggle at times next year. And I again, like I said with the Broncos, that there's coaching issues. There's going to be coaching issues with the Jaguars as well. They are going to be up, but not, but not by a whole lot. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I I agree with you. They're going to be up, but only because their previous record was one. I do not trust the coaching staff they have there. To be honest, uh, what's his? I forget the co- head coach's name. Urban, Urban Myers. Myers. Urban Myers. Yeah, he had a he had a lot of talent with him at Ohio State. They got a lot of five-star guys. They were basically big sharks in a small pond. And that is not what the Jacksonville Jaguars are. And it's a whole different thing. Coaching pros who all believe they're good enough to be there versus kids who are just happy to be there. So I think that's going to play a big role. It's not a pond. It's more like a swamp down there in Jacksonville. It's more. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to move on now to a team that me and Jake know very well. And that is the Philadelphia Eagles. They will probably technically have a new starting quarterback. We did see him last season play for them, and that is Jalen Hurts. Guys, do we think he's going to be up or down? They got four wins last season. Uh, Daryl, I'll start with you. See, it depends. I have them up if they keep Zach Ertz. But if they let him go, which it looks like they're going to, um, I think they'd probably be around even a 4-11 and 11 then again. I know they drafted Devonta Smith, but, I, you know, that's one one wide receiver in a group that of pretty bad wide receivers. You know, you double Devonta Smith and there you go because the other guys aren't going to do much. The running backs are still question over and the line is always injured. So, yeah, up if they keep Ertz because him and Goddard are quite a good duo, but... Stay the same if Earths leaves. Jake? I have them. I'm stuck between uh, dropping a deuce and getting the big zero or um, going even. I'm going to say go even. I think four is a, a pretty manageable number even for Jalen Hurts. Uh, you add Devontae Smith, a little bit of firepower there, but they are the Eagles. And uh, it is the NFC least, so they might squeak out three wins against the other NFC least teams. So I'm going yeah, to say even. I'm with you guys. I said even as well. I think he's the worst quarterback in the division. As much as I'd love that to be Daniel Jones, I think Hurts is even even worse. And Dak Prescott is only marginally better. But There's only a couple of shows ago, I think he's about agreed that Dak Prescott was the worst quarterback in the division. Well, we have to say that whenever it comes up. But <laughs> we're talking about the Eagles. They have a terrible quarterback as well. There can be joint worst quarterbacks. <laughs> they can, yeah, they, they can both be terrible. Let's be honest. They can both be terrible. Oh, uh, joint, joint worst and joint first, is it? <laughs> Before we move on, guys, the Eagles also have Joe Flacco on that roster. If he starts, what do you think happens there? You think no chance, but judging by Jake's reaction? They go two and fifteen if he starts. Okay, okay. So the Jets a couple of years Flacco, ago. So we're saying Jalen Hurts is terrible, and Flacco's even a downgrade from Jalen Hurts. That's our conclusion Flacco, here on the Flacco other side of the like podcast. A, 
Flacco's hitting a Jay Cutler curve. He's given, he's gotten to that stage where he just doesn't give a bollocks about what happens anymore. You can see it in his face. Like he's regressed to a backup uh, mentor role. He doesn't like it. So. He he, Joe Flacco just reminds me of like the guy who would play Sunday League football, which you like, but he would show up well overweight and smoking a 20 <laughs> cigarettes before the match even started. <laughs> and then like just. Me. Yeah. I might show up on a Sunday morning at eight points the night before, still a point in the hand. Mice, that's usually. <laughs> the next team we have is the Los Angeles Rams. And I think this is the first interesting one we've had so far on the list. They, of course, got rid of Jared Goff. They brought in Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford's a quarterback that a lot of people said is much better than the team he played on for all those years. And now he's moved on to a competitor. Even Dara would begrudgingly have to agree that they're a pretty good team in the NFL. So is it time for him to step up? The thing that makes it interesting is they had quite a decent mark. They got 10 wins last season. Jake, do you think Stafford is going to upgrade that offense or are they going to struggle this year? Yeah, I think uh, Stafford gives them an immediate upgrade over Jared Goff. I know I think the three of us may have agreed at one point that Goff wasn't the guy at all in uh, in Los Angeles. I think Matt Stafford has got a huge arm. He's, he's you know, put around one of the best play callers currently in the NFL um, and a strong offense, a strong defense. I think this makes them like a Super, super Bowl contender. Dara? Yeah, they, they are definitely a contender. You know, they have... That defense, it'd be interesting to see with the new coordinator how that thing's going to work out. We'll f- obviously, we'll find out more about that later. But, yeah, Stafford, Stafford under center or golf. You have Stafford in your team, you're instantly better. You know, they had a good record last season. They may have a similar one. They may go slightly up, but, you know, they are still going to be around that double-digit wins for sure, challenging for the division. Yeah, I had a little bit similar to what you were just saying there, Dara. I had them breaking even, and I think long-term, I agree with you guys. I think Stafford is certainly an upgrade at quarterback from from Goff, but given he played so long in the Lions, he's been a one-team guy, I don't think that transition is necessarily guaranteed to be seamless into the Rams' offense. They have a fantastic defense, as you guys both mentioned. I think that keeps them on an even keel, and I think it takes a little bit of pressure off Stafford, he doesn't have to play amazing. So I think they get back to their 10 wins, maybe 11. Maybe they win that extra game this season, but I had them at evens. Uh, we're going to move on now to probably the most hotly anticipated quarterback. Certainly, we know a few Bears fans. That is, of course, Justin Fields for the Chicago Bears. They went a gloriously mediocre 8-8 eight and eight with two quarterbacks last season. Is one quarterback a guarantee to go up or is the rookie could bring that offense down for a year before he gets his feet under him. Dara, what do you think? Um, Well, they definitely can't be even because you can't go eight and eight anymore, but I'm going up. I'd say it's definitely, it's interesting to see who's going to start week one. Will it be Justin Fields or Andy Dalton? Because it is a tough game. They have week one away at the Rams. So either way, I think it's going to be better than last season for sure. But I think we might see some fan frustration because Justin Fields gets held out of games for too long because I don't think he's going to start straight away. I think it's going to be that's going to be Andy Dalton's team, at least for the first couple of weeks. 
Yeah, I'm going to have to say uh, much, much to uh, our good friend, uh, the Irish Bears on Twitter, that they're going to have a slightly worse record this year than they had last year. I think uh, we know what Andy Dalton is. Um, and once they start, uh, Justin Fields, it's going to have the rookie pains and it's just going to be pretty tough for them. So I've got to go lower. I have to go lower. Yeah, I agree with you, Jake. I think they're going to be down exactly the same reasons. Look, it's hard for a quarterback to win, a rookie quarterback to win seven games. I On my list, I don't have another rookie quarterback getting anywhere close to seven games. All the other ones that are going to go up are hovering around the two or one win mark that they have to beat. So, But they could get two guaranteed wins against the Packers next year if Aaron Rodgers <laughs> is, continues his holding. Well, if Jordan Love's as good as they say he is, given they're willing to just let Aaron Rodgers walk around and do whatever he wants and say, well, we have Love, so that's grand. That, that to me, tells me he must be the next superstar. So I don't know if that's necessarily guaranteed. I don't know. That's coming from Armchair GM. Feeling there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Armchair GM, not Armchair Quarterback and GM, which is what you guys want to be going on in the NFL. We mentioned his... uh, the swap earlier on, the next team on the list is the Detroit Lions. And that is, of course, Jared Goff coming over from the Rams. He has to beat five wins this season. The Lions, though, in my opinion, aren't a fantastic team. What do you guys think, Dara? We'll start with you. Oh, they're going down this year. I, I This is not going to be a good year, I don't think, for the Lions. I know um, we spoke to... Uh, Lions fan channel there, and they were really hyped up about Dan Campbell. But you know, for all the hype he brings in the press conferences, I'm sure that he brings this rah rah attitude into training too. You know, when you're losing games, that sort of that that gets old really quickly, and that gets on people's nerves. And I think if they don't win games, which I don't think they will, because Jared Goff, when he had people to throw to, he was in a, he wasn't the most accurate quarterback. Now he hasn't got anyone really to throw to apart from the tight end uh, Hawkinson, who's really good, and Terrell Williams if he's ever fit. You know, so I I, I think this is going to be a bad season. I'm going to say they're actually going to get low, less than five wins. Jake, yeah, myself, I have them going evens. I think uh, like we know, Goff has at least some talent. I'm not a fan of him. I think he makes a lot of mistakes. Um, they did lose Kenny Galladay, thank God. Um, for a, Where did uh, he go? He went to the Giants. Oh, uh, did he? Yeah. Oh, he like, was yeah. under radar. Of course, they, they probably got him at a steal, did they? They probably didn't yeah, pay they him did much at all. For sure, yeah. No, didn't pay him a whole bunch of money at all. But, I mean, for Daniel Jones' sake, I'm happy that. Anyway, we're not talking about the Giants. They have they have <laughs> the same quarterback for this year, at least. Anyway, um, so back to the Lions. I haven't gone evens. Um, Goff has some strength, some arm. Um, Dara discounting Marvin Jones there. I think he is a quality player. He's gone. Is he? He's gone. I feel like I should have known that. But okay, yeah. maybe I'll have them evens and then I'll keep it evens. And I'll, I'll <laughs> <them next now>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta say they're down. I, I don't mind Jared Goff again. I think I do think he has a lot of limitations. He's not a, he's not a stud quarterback in the NFL that everyone maybe thought he was going to be after that first year in the Rams. And it's, it's. Similar to some other teams we've already talked about, it's like they just don't have that talent around them. A bit like the Denver Broncos, it's going to be maybe not on his shoulders. It's not his fault, maybe, but I just don't see him getting even five wins this season, which is probably disappointing for him. But maybe if the Lions can complete their rebuild soon by the end of his contract, he might get a few I'm, wins there. I have to just jump in there. I just googled it there, Derek. Uh, yeah, he's gone. He's on the Jags. Um, 
I looked at the receiver core. It is not looking good for the, the Lions. So I might have to change and go lower. That's gone down. That is a terrible, <laughs> terrible team. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah. They gave a whole lot up to get uh, to give away. To give up. What did they do? What was the trade again? They they didn't give up anything. They got a boatload no. of. They got two yeah. firsts, a third, and Jared Goff from. Because they had to take on his contract, like yeah. So it's it's kind yeah. of like Goff's at the end of his run here. Like we got to be honest, he's gonna have to sign for a discount afterwards. The next team I have on my list is the New Orleans Saints, and it might have been an interesting one. I will see what the lads think about this because it's probably the closest quarterback battle that we have ongoing in the NFL at the moment. They, of course, have Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston under contract for this season. So who's going to be the starting quarterback is not necessarily nailed on. For me, what takes this out of the realm of interesting is the fact that they have to beat 12 wins. And I don't think either of those two quarterbacks that I just mentioned is going to beat 12 wins. I have them down and probably way down. I think they're going to be right around six or seven wins this season. Jake? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, 12 is a, it's quite a, a high number to beat, especially when you're going from Drew Brees to Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill. Um, like, say if we're going to rate them, I think if, if it's J, uh, if it's Jameis, you're probably looking at six to seven. I think if you're hitting, if you're on Taysom, it's probably looking at four to five, maybe. Dara? Yeah, yeah, that, that, uh, I don't like that situation that the Saints have. They really don't. I know they have Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. You know, they do have weapons there that I think will get them some wins, but they're getting nowhere near those 12 wins. They I don't even they're not gonna hit double digits. You know, if they get seven and was it seven and nine next or seven and ten, isn't it next year? Seven and ten or, next year. Yeah, yeah, or eight and nine. You know, I would put that down as as a pretty decent season for the Saints getting trying to get through this year. Yeah, it might be a, a long year for Saints fans this year, but that's okay. They had a pretty easy go of it the last few years. It's nice to see them struggle yeah, a little it's bit. Like a, it's a pretty mad one because they have, obviously, Michael Thomas and Kamara, so like you're kind of wasting good years with them players because you've got to have mediocre QB players. So it's pretty yeah, they have players. to be the most upset of anyone in the league, oh, I think, at the moment yeah. in terms of... Well, to be fair, you got to feel for Michael Thomas a little bit as yeah. well because that's real. Even Drew, even though when Drew Brees was there, he struggled towards the end of mm-hmm. the year, you know. So he hasn't really did what he could do with a decent quarterback there in New Orleans. You know, he could. I know he got the reception record there a couple of years ago, but he could have smashed that record, and he probably could have beat the re- the receiving yards record too if he had someone decent there with him. But look, we'll see. Maybe maybe next off season he might get someone. A team that have maybe been on the opposite end of the spectrum to the Saints the last few seasons, the Carolina Panthers. They've brought in a new quarterback in Sam Darnold. He's obviously been in the Jets the last few seasons. And he's had, maybe I would describe up and down. I don't know if you guys would agree. He's definitely flashed talent, but has struggled at times to keep that talent consistent and made some quite poor mistakes. He has to be five wins this season. And that's going to be tight, I think. Dara, what do you think? Well, this is it for Sam Darnold now. You know, there's no more excuses. There's, Adam Gase isn't there anymore coaching you. You know, you're not in a bad situation with the with the Jets. You're in Carolina. They've got some good weapons there for you. They've got a star running back there for you. So it doesn't work out. He's got no one else to blame but himself. But I I actually think they're going to be around the same next year. I, um, I think the loss of Curtis Samuel is a big loss for them, um, especially. Um 
Christian McCaffrey's coming back from an injury. We don't know what he's going to be like when he comes back from the injury or if he can stay healthy for a full season. So, you know, there's going to be a lot on Sam Darnold's shoulders. I'm not totally convinced that he can um, carry the Panthers to um, a better season than maybe five or six wins. I'm going to go on the opposite spectrum there. I think they're going to go a bit higher. Not too much. They're going to go sky high, but I do certainly think they have a strong team. The return of Christian McCaffrey is obviously a huge one if he can stay healthy, which you said, Dara. Well, I think well, he only played three games, I think, last season. So, yeah. I mean, if you get him for, for six or seven games, he's, you just put the ball on him. He's going to get he's gonna get you where you need to go. So I think he's they're, they're probably ending up around six to seven wins, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I have them breaking even. I think Sam Darnold kind of flashes what he did in the Jets. It's not a great team around him, similar to the Jets. I think he can get them back to five wins, but I don't think that's enough for him. I think a couple of seasons of that and he's going to be dropped out and I don't think he finds a starting job after that, unfortunately for him. I just don't think he's going to take advantage of what he had on front of him. We move on like, now. Like I said a, a couple of shows ago, Sam Darnold will be a Super Bowl winning quarterback as a backup. And that might be uh, the be hottest a, yeah. take, the golden yeah. hot take of Dara's career. I think he might ride that all the way to victory in five years' time if any of us remember it. <laughs> I'll take some picture bets on that if anybody wants to go against me. <laughs> Brock Osweiler can win a Super Bowl as a backup. Sam Darnold can too. <laughs> Definitely. So we're going to move on now to probably Jake's most hotly anticipated team. He's getting ready here to burn this thing to the ground. And that is, of course, the Washington football team. They've brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick, also known as Ryan Fitzmagic, also known as Ryan Fitztragic. They had a division winning seven wins last season. Uh, this might be tricky, so I'm going to give my opinion at the end. Jake, we'll let you go first. Let us know what you think of this one. You know, I'm just going to give you just the helmet here, just in case you need to take a bash. And, that it's um, going to be that rough. Yeah, it's going to. No, no. Okay, I'll take it easy on you. Um, Did I you think, bring that specifically up for the show because you knew you were going to That was his gag. Yeah, he had that gag. I'm going to go with prop gags from now on. That's going to be my new thing. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll give you this one, Dylan. I think you are the second best team in the NFC least. So I'll give you seven wins. I think you'll match it. Um, maybe if you're lucky, get the eight or get six but i certainly think uh, and just right on that line i think you're gonna stay the same i think you're gonna see the 31 for 31 that me and dara have been harping on about for quite some time now you're not gonna see the good side of it's tragic or fits magic you're certainly hitting fits tragic in his stride so getting seven dara, wins out of it are you gonna pile on here or are you gonna come to well my firstly age? firstly I'm not as much on the 31 for 31 bandwagon as jake is don't there's jump off now. There's definitely no see because I saw that fence over there and I'm sitting on it, right? So because <laughs> I I think there's a obviously there's a chance that he could do that. Sure, anybody could do that. I don't realistically, I don't think he will. He he will have a lot of interceptions. Thirty one for thirty one. I don't know, but I actually do have views doing better than last year. I actually think that you're going to have a winning record next year, but not double-digit wins. I think maybe a 9 and 8 that you're going to have. Will that be enough to win the division? I don't know. But I'm not basing that solely on the quarterback 
it's the other things that you've done in the off season with you, with the other acquisitions that you've made that has made me believe that you can get up to about a nine and an eight um, this year. So that that's that's what I'm thinking. You're going to go slightly up to a winning season, but I I still don't see the double digit wins. Yeah, Rotten I completely MVP agree with you. The Giants is going to be pretty rough. I completely agree with you, Dara. I had exactly the same thing happening. I think just having one quarterback that can play at least averagely well, let's say so one week we get Fritz Tragic, one week we get Fitz Magic. I think that gets us back to seven. I think the, the added benefit of our good defense and the additions we've made, I think that ticks us up. Maybe one win, maybe two wins. Like you said, I don't I don't see three wins getting us to double digits. Uh and I do think it will be extremely tight in the NFC East again this season. But before we move on, Dara, I have one question for you. We've we've joked a lot about Ryan Fitzmagic's uh, 31 for 31. And I want to ask you a direct question here. Which would you rather, 31 for 31 or the real-life 11 for 11 that Jake got last season? Oh, that's a tough one. First of all, I'm going to say, a big thank you to Ryan Fitzpatrick for listening to the podcast. It's confirmed. <laughs> he does listen to the podcast. He, he actually uh, put up a picture. He, he sent it to me and I uploaded it on our page because he didn't want all the uh, all the interactions. His agents so were causing problems. Yeah, 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 exactly. But 31 for 31 or 11 for 11. 31 for 31 would definitely be more exciting. It well, would he, be. Well, here's the thing, Darren. I'm going to put this to you, right? Every... Every touchdown 31 is points. Not yeah. every interception is points against. You could throw an interception in the red zone and it ends in a touchback and you give them the ball on the 25. It's a fair point. It is a fair so point. 31 touchdowns. Yeah. I think you take that every day over Daniel Jones's measly 11 touchdowns that one Kenny Galladay wide receiver is going to spike that up to 25 Jake hopes this. Well, let's just be real, okay? Let's say put this way, right? Daniel Jones obviously has a bit of an issue. I'll I'll give you that one. (laughs) Eleven for eleven does not look pretty in. Hey, you can throw a deep ball. You just can't throw throw any of the other balls. Yeah, um, yeah. But you know, having a weak offensive line, your star running back go down, and no wide receivers to throw to is certainly going to hurt you. And also, if you look back at any of the Giants games, and I'll, I'll even put them up on the Twitter. Maybe four of them games, four of them interceptions, maybe six were caused by Evan Engram's buttery hands, just the ball slipping out of his hands and gone. So I'll give you. Yeah, he, but he he's playing next be, season. He probably should be 11, 11 and seven, 11 and eight, maybe. But certainly, I can't be looking at 11 touchdowns for the rest of my Giants career uh, and being happy with that. The, the worst scoring offense in the league cannot continue. Jake, actually, here's a question now. Oh, that we're asking it's a pile people. on Jake Day, isn't it? it? This is a question. No, 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 because you actually mentioned about your star wide receiver. Saquon Barkley went down early last year. The season before, he didn't have a great year. Um, and then the season before, that was his first year, wasn't it? He's yeah. going into his fourth season now. Yeah, yeah. Do Now, he's going to want mega bucks to sign a new deal. I'm guessing an Ezekiel Elliott-type deal. Do you give him that money after this if you see a similar production from as in year two? Are you talking about Barkley now? Yes, Barkley, yeah, yeah. So if Barkley has a, a, a year two, like yeah. uh, or has this coming year, like his yeah. second year, uh, do I pay him big bucks? Uh, what's the Giants' record at the end of next year? 
I well, I, I'm not talking about records. Like five, like, five and five and seven or whatever that makes it. Five and ten. Five okay, and so twelve. Have, so five and twelve. Yeah. If it's five and twelve, I'm saying pay them big bucks, and I'll tell you why. We have two first round picks. If we're five and twelve, we're getting rid of Daniel Jones. I can guarantee that we're getting the next quarterback. Whoever's we're gonna trade up and get the best quarterback. Um, so why not give your your rookie running back, who's definitely an all star, give him all the money in the world for four years, get your rookie quarterback deal out of the way, and then you you can run him into the ground, then trade him away after or something at the the peak. But you see, it's a, I'm only because it's a. It's not really a popular thing to sign your running back to big People always say don't pay running backs. You can get them anywhere in the league. And you certainly can. You can get them in the fourth round, the fifth round. You can get them anywhere. But if if you have a rookie quarterback, you can certainly spend the money on your running back um, if he's as good as Barkley can be. But see, that's the the important thing that you said. Can be. Hasn't shown that he is. I know he was injured. I know he was injured. I can see that end of it. But like... Okay, he had a good first year, but the second season he was quite poor. Now he broke out a little bit in the last few games of the season, but I think that's more when you're coming up against teams that know they have nothing to play but for. There's so some, there's some things you do have to think about, and obviously you have to take a lot into account. Um, like American football is a game of like uh, there's eleven on eleven. It's it's eleven different individual battles going on. The running back can only well not only but but he certainly can't create as many yards as the offensive line can give him. And the, the Giants have consistently ranked in offensive lines uh, in the bottom, maybe eighth, bottom five in, in, in probably the past six years. That's certainly not going to help. Now, you can argue whether or not it was right to pick him up at two when you have such a bad offensive line. I'm not going to disagree with you on that one. But certainly, if you can upgrade the offensive line, you can have a stronger quarterback and some good wide receivers. It's going to take a lot of pressure off. You can't, you can't load the box with eight people if you have Kenny yeah. Oldgate and, and other speeders on the outside. But that's the thing that, but like you said, you're you're giving a lot of money to a running back in a position that's not it's not very fashionable to give a lot of money to, on the pro on the potential, rather than what we've seen so far. Mm. Like with with Zeke, what we had seen is he he did dominate the running back position when he got paid. Obviously, things changed, but so he was kind of warranting warranting his pay increase. With Saquon, it's a lot of well, he could be this if we have this. He could be this if we have that. So, but if those things don't come to fruition, you're paying a lot of money for a guy who, who who's playing behind obviously a poor O line because you paid all that money to him, so you can't allocate the funds to the O line instead. Yeah, yeah, I can give you that. I can understand that. But again, if you have like if we had a bad record next year, we're not going to be paying Daniel Jones's extension. We're certainly going to get a rookie quarterback. So at that point, you need to load up on good players. And I would argue that almost any player you could pick up in free agency or in a draft, Barkley can be like is as good and definitely could be better. So I, I'll pay him if I have a rookie quarterback. If we have a, a like a, a playoff season next year, it might be harder to justify giving them that money. But it, it all depends, I think, on how Daniel Jones plays. Because if, if you have to get a rookie quarterback to follow a year, you splurge, you spend all that dollars. That's what we're trying to see now. And that's the latest trend to come up in the NFL is when you have your rookie quarterback, go on that spending spree and get yourself all these nice toys to play with and, and try to get to the Super Bowl. We've seen that so many times in the past maybe five years. Yeah. So then would you would then would you think it's advisable then to even just take the fifth year option and give yourself that more time? Yeah, that's like that's another one. Like if there is if you say we're mid 
or maybe maybe we top the NFC East next year. Then you say, oh, it's a big maybe. It is a big maybe. When you sweep the Washington football team and the Eagles and lose one to the, the Cowboys, um, you certainly are going to be at the top of the NFC East. Um, then I say you, you, you pay Barkley on his fifth-year contract, see how it plays out the following year. But you, obviously, you need a rookie quarterback the following year or pay Daniel Jones, and that's where it really comes down to because you can't pay both. From what it looks like at the minute, Daniel Jones is not going to get a huge extension, so we'll have to see how he plays off with a... Um, better core around him. Okay. Hey. I just I just I was interested in that ask because I have it was mostly because I have Barkley in a dynasty league for like the last two years and he's done no. nothing but Finum, 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 Finum. Finum. Yeah, no, like, Finum, Finum. You trade actually you trade wait, him to wait. some sucker. Who's the biggest sucker <laughs> in the league? Trade him. Like you can live you can live with a second year bounce back season. But he, he's not worth it. And I think okay. I think this conversation highlights one thing to me, and that is that we either die a hero or live long enough to become also an armchair GM, as Jake slagged me earlier in the show. And it's just gone on a 10-minute rant about how the New York Giants are going to be. I could go longer. I, could I know you go can. Longer. I know you can. But unfortunately, you can't because we're moving on to the Indianapolis Colts. And they have a new quarterback, and his name is Carson Wentz. Obviously, they had Philip Rivers last season. He's retired now. Uh, he had an okay season, actually double-digit wins. That's pretty good. They got to 11 wins last season. Jake, does Carson Wentz do any better? Is he going to be worse or is he going to break even? That's a tough one. 11 is quite high, I think. Um, but that team is quite strong as well. So if, if, we, if we can see MVP Carson Wentz or MVP style Carson Wentz, I certainly think they have a strong enough team that they could be playoff caliber and possibly even get to the Super Bowl. But it really, it, it's a tough one. I think that's the toughest one out of them all to call whether or not he can. Do we know he's good or do we know he's bad anymore? I think um, I will have to say lower because I think 11 is quite high. Dara, yeah. do you agree? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, 11 wins is asking a lot for uh, Carson Wentz for next year, especially in a brand new offense that he's going to have to learn. I know he sort of knows parts of it from his time with Frank Reich in Philadelphia, but I think, um, yeah, I think it's going to be less than 11 wins. It could even be single-digit wins next year for the Colts. I don't go along with you guys. I have them breaking even, and the reason I have them breaking even is because they still have a very good team around them, like Jake mentioned. And Philip Rivers last season didn't play to an MVP standard, and it shows that that offense doesn't need a superstar quarterback. It needs a no-mess quarterback. And while Carson Wentz in his last year with Philadelphia definitely gave us enough messes, I think if he can if he can rein himself in even a little bit, I think the rest of the team, especially that defense and the offensive line, has enough to drag them all the way back to 11 wins. So that's why I think they can break even. I don't think he's going to break out. I don't think we're going to see MVP Wentz. But if he can just be told, look, calm down. Don't be heaving the ball downfield as much as you were with the Eagles. Give Take what the defense is giving you on the other side. I think they can get back to 11 wins. We are nearly at the end of the list. We're at the second last team, and we're going to move on to an interesting one, and that is the Houston Texans. Now, we're going to stay away from some of the more controversial aspects of this team, and we're going to assume that Watson does not play 
next season. And that leaves us with two options. I think the most likely starter, we all agree, is Tyrod Taylor. But whether he can finish the season or not is another thing. And it would seem that the next best option is their new draftee, Davis Mills. The Texans only managed four wins last season. Dara, do you think they can make it back to four wins, even with the turmoil at quarterback? No. No, no, no. It's, this is a team made up of journeymen. Um, I know we spoke to um, Graham from the Texans UK, and he was kind of bullish on they could do something next year, but I, I can't see it. Um, even with Tyrod there, they've got nothing on the outside to catch balls either. They've got uh, they've, the one thing they have got is a really good core of running backs, you know, that might get them a couple of wins if they can drag it out. But like, if they get two wins, I think they'll be doing well next year. Jake, it's kind of all depends on me. I, I do agree with you, Daria. The team is just journeyman. I feel like it's made up just to, to last a year, get a high draft pick, and see where they can go from there. But uh, I think if it's Tyrod from the start and he sits, the, he does the whole season. I say they get higher. I think they go for five or six wins. It's not un, unobtainable. It, it's the best team on the Sunday. It's not the best team throughout the league. So I certainly think they could get five wins. Um, but if it's Davis Mills, I think that team's got a whole lot of trouble. I think I don't think Davis Mills was ever meant to start. I certainly think um, they just took him as a flyer. So he was he certainly meant to sit for the year and then and then see how he gets on. But if he starts, I, I think they're lower. I think they're probably the worst team in the league if, if, if he starts. I have to say, I completely agree with you, Jake. I have exactly the same here in my notes. I think if Tyrod Taylor, he's a journeyman. Look, he did he did okay with the Chargers last season until they, they punctured his lung through no fault of his own. Uh, I think he can maybe scrape four, maybe five wins. He's going to have to be lucky. Look, there's no way of getting around that. Like you said, there's almost no stars left on that team whatsoever. Uh, if Davis Mills gets in, I think that's that's the end of the story. Shut up shop as a Texans fan. And I think you go home and wait until next season. And even next season, I don't think you have any hopes of the, the light at the end of the tunnel. Well, I've got actually a hot take for them. They're going to be the number one pick for the 2020 okay. draft. Okay. I, I think they will have the worst record in the NFL next year. Interesting. That's quite a hot take. Jake, have you any rebuttal to that? You want to add another team into the list or you think that's a pretty good hot take by Mr. Dara? I think it's a pretty it's a pretty solid hot take. I think um, I, I'll sit with Dara on that one. I'm certainly not taking a picture okay. bet against it. Yeah, um, yeah, I yeah. I think it could be true. Go on. Yeah. No, you're already going to be losing loads next year. Anyway, the fuel. I think. I think the point here, Sarah, what we're saying is your your hot takes are too well considered, too well thought out. We <laughs> need uh, you to stick your neck out before we try and throw an ass <laughs> at it. Okay. The we're problem just... is, the problem is his takes are not hot takes. They're lukewarm. They're lukewarm. <laughs> they're getting there. They're getting there. It's not boiling yet. Okay, let's be honest. It's like it's Ireland. Know, it's Ireland went, in June, okay? It's not, went, it's not have Spain a shower without turning on the immersion, so the water was just a little bit hot. <laughs> well, Ireland in June, hold on, Fiona. I was out there earlier on. It is boiling out there. It's sweltering today, guys. It you can is. probably see we're sweating like how warm it is. <laughs> yeah. Guys, guys looking on YouTube are going to be like, the, the Undercenter podcast have no makeup department. And they're I need absolutely a powder. Right. I we need are, a powder. We are we're, shining here. It's about 22 degrees. There's no wind whatsoever, and we are sweating it out. Uh, we have made it. We have made it to the end of the list, though, guys. Actually, you know what? I'm going to throw in one more right at the end, but this is the last official one on the list that has a new quarterback. 
and that is the San Francisco 49ers. Most people would say that uh, Garoppolo is almost certainly going to start the season, and we will more than likely see Trey Lance at some point if he can't cut the mustard. Could be could be next season, but in, in all likelihood, we will see him this season. They got last season six wins. Do we see that combination getting more than six wins or less than six wins? Jake, we can start with you. So we're saying Trey Lance starts for the whole season. Uh, we can we can cut it whatever way if you want to if you want to give a caveat there. That's no problem. I'll, I'll say just for the sake of argument, Trey Lance is starting from week one. Um, I think they get over. What did you say? Six wins. Six wins. Yeah. They get they get slightly over. That's a very strong team around them, strong coaching. They certainly missed maybe four of their starters on the defense, so I think that adds an immediate impact there. Um, it's very speedy offense. A rookie quarterback sometimes can uh, have them plays where he uses legs. The defenses often don't know what to do with them. So I think he, he might get two or three wins at the start of the year and then squeak out some uh, along the way. Dara? Yeah, I think they're going to get more wins. Just, I think, a air on the side of caution for 49er fans. And this is just totally unbiased era. Don't worry about those jerseys in the background, okay? But the injury bug is starting to hit the 49ers again. They, during their OTAs, they've lost three starters three. already to serious injuries. So it's kind of like injuries and the 49ers, you know, are going better together than pepper sauce on the steak, you know? So... I think that um, I think that's going to have to be wary. Injuries are, are the thing that's going to derail this se- their season. Um, I don't think it'll be the quarterback. It's garlic sauce on the steak, not pepper sauce. Yeah, you you leave right now. You leave right now. <laughs> I okay. I think the two quarterback combo. I think they go down. You know, I think they get to five wins. I don't think they drop off massively. And I think the main thing is Garoppolo's not going to cut the monster. Trey Lance is going to come in and he's a rookie and he's not going to add that much value in his first season. Uh, so that's, we've got to the end of the list. We're running a little bit hold, tight on time. Hold on, Fionn, before we, before we let you go. Jake, garlic butter while you're cooking it. Pepper sauce when it's finished. I know how to cook a steak, man. Don't you ask no, me. Cook your steak properly. You shouldn't put any sauce on it. Oh, no. Cook your steak. Oh, well, you don't need can't... sauce. Just buy the cheapest cut of meat then if you're going to pour no. peppercorn sauce all over it. You no. Buy it. no, no, no. Buy a fillet, buy a fillet no. and eat it like no. a man. Ribeye is the tastiest cut of steak. Get out of here. But I'm with you there, Fionn. The sauce needs to be on the side at least. I never put yes. anything on the top of it, but there certainly needs to be on the side of it. I'm a dipper. I don't like to pour it on top. But Dara, pepper sauce is way out there. A little bit of garlic butter, uh, onions, a bit of mushroom. Perfect. Right, guys, I said I had one last thing before we get too deep into our steak talk because we can go on for ages. Uh, The very last thing, and I just want a one-word answer. Who plays quarterback for the Green Bay Packers this season? Dara, go. Blake Bortles. Jake, go. Garlic sauce. (laughs) Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers I'm going to say say Aaron Rodgers (laughs) as well. We will, I'm sure, discuss that in the coming episodes we're getting to the end of our off-season schedule of teams there's not a whole lot going on even during the off-season so i'm sure we'll get to that this has been quite a long show we're going to wrap it up here now before we go please do obviously like and subscribe to us here on the under center podcast on youtube you'll also find us on spotify and all the other major podcast 
stations uh, if you prefer the audio version. And you can follow us as well on facebook.com forward slash undercenter podcast, Twitter and Instagram at undercenter pod. At the moment, we're on the chase for 1,000 followers. So please do follow us there. Drop us messages, get involved, see all the latest content. Jake, Dara. We're going to add wham, 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 to all these videos now. That's going to be our new thing. That's, I thought Jake that was is, the noise when we hit 1,000. Jake is Im- <laughs> immediately fired for that. Okay, guys, don't worry. You won't. No, we won't no. We're going to stay professional wham, 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 here at the Other Center podcast. We've, we've crafted our image meticulously here, and Jake has lost the plot after one point. I'm launching so. my own brand now. <laughs> We're going to move on and we are going to actually bring on our guest for today and we are continuing our off-season series and it is the turn of the LA Rams and on the show today we have host of the Locked on Rams podcast Sosa Cremendez. Sosa, how are you today? You banged it. This is a good start. I like where we're headed here. Uh, suddenly my day's a little bit better. I'm, uh, you know, we had a little bit of chatting pre, uh, pre-taping here and I'll say this is Already one of the funnest uh, appearances I've made over my course of, you know, the last couple of years. I'll say that. Uh, we like to pride ourselves in making sure that all of our guests feel right at home coming on before the show, whether we are talking complete gibberish or not. <laughs> That's right in my wheelhouse right there. <laughs> all we have to do is prove to you in the next 20 to 30 minutes that we actually know a thing or two about football over here. And then we'll just be happy you guys don't have to convince me man i'm not in the u.s either so uh you know i think they might be a little bit hard-headed there but uh we got we got some football knowledge i'll say that man everywhere in this world definitely for sure definitely sure but before we actually do talk about the la rams uh guys if you are watching us on youtube make sure you do like this video and subscribe to the under center podcast on youtube that is where you will find our show each and every time you upload a new one also if you don't have time to watch the full shows, we do uh, release the shows in clips. So you get the best parts of the shows there in a nice bite-sized chunk so you can uh, see them there before, if you don't have the uh, time to watch the full show. Also, we are on the audio side of things. If you prefer to uh, listen to your podcast on the go, just go to wherever you get your podcast. Search under center podcast. You'll find us there. We release the exact same content on there too. Um, while you're at it, go to our Facebook Facebook dot com forward slash under center pod instagram and twitter are both the same just go at under center pod that's where you'll find us and that's where you'll be kept up to date for uh, the latest show releases and the latest news and also you'll be really helping us out because we are on the quest for a thousand followers on instagram and twitter we are at 250 there there maybe a little less last time i checked away from that we want to get there before week one of the regular season so make sure if you haven't followed us yet go over there and do that after you've listened of course to the show but Look, listen, we're here for the real business, and that is to talk about the L.A. Rams. Uh, so, so, and I'm going to actually start with the uh, with the schedule release because um, I'm, I'm a Seahawks fan, so we have that rivalry here going into this, you know. So the other two lads, they're sort of uh, just on the outside looking in, being Giants and Washington fans, so they've got their own little rivalry going on. But it's an interesting schedule that that the Rams have uh, this coming year. They start at home against the Bears, um, and possibly Justin Fields in Week One. Uh, week you have your bye in Week Eleven. Then after the bye, it's kind of a tough run um, to end the year, which includes three divisional games against all all your division rivals. In there as well are games against the Ravens, the Vikings, 
and the Green Bay Packers, which may or may not have Aaron Rodgers uh, in the side too. So it's a very difficult end to the year. But what did you make of the uh, this upcoming schedule for the Rams? Yeah, so there were a few things that I pointed out. The first being uh, it's the first year in what feels like forever that the Rams don't actually have to leave the country. You know, they're trying to play games in Me- Mexico City one year, uh, London the next year. Feels like every year they're traveling further than they need to be. Um, so that's the first thing, you know, they're keeping the mileage down. I think they're still fourth most in the NFL, but uh, I, I know the players definitely don't like, you know, changing time zones and things like that. So uh, that's the first thing. Second thing, you mentioned it. I think the start is going to be very hard. Uh, off the top of my head, I want to say it's Chicago, Indianapolis, and then um, Tampa Bay. So that's yeah. three tough games right out, you know, to start all uh, two of which are in the NFC. And then you also mentioned the ending. The ending is going to be really tough, too. You got the Ravens, who are, you know, a potential Super Bowl contender. You got, you're finishing off with the San Francisco 49ers, who, you know, last year they weren't great, but they still swept the Rams. And not only that, but I think they're going to be a lot better this year. They're going to be much more healthy. So, uh, you know, they're going to contend for the NFC West. And so, you know, it's a tough schedule. It seems like it always is. But, um, you know, the Rams have a pretty good team. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how things shake out. Uh, but like you mentioned, man, the NFC West is it's tough, man. Those six games are never going to be easy. So uh, whoever gets out of the NFC West is always, you know, a deserved player. You know, you, you can never count them out. They always feel like they're going to be a Super Bowl contender, whoever gets out, uh, just because it's such a tough road. So, so really quickly, I've been asking some of our guests recently to put their money where their mouth is and put their finger on one game this season in the schedule that you're going to guarantee me the Rams win. Keep, Listen, keep in I, mind, I, Sosa, you have yeah. to buy fuel and a pitcher of beer. If you lose <laughs> <laughs> All right. If I want to be a coward, you know, they're playing the Houston Texans. And uh, That's, I, I accept it. I accept it. That's perfectly fine. Yeah. So I'd guarantee that one. But, you know, there's a little stretch in there where it's not bad. They got the Texans. Uh, no offense. They got the Giants as well, which, you know, is not the toughest game. They're they got terrible. the Jags. Yeah, they're going to lose yeah. that one. <laughs> 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 right. So I'll, I'll say the Texans, but uh, it seems kind of like a cop out. I feel, I feel like you're taking it easy on me. Uh, I feel like you wanted to say the Giants, but you you say no. a lot of Texans. No, plenty of plenty of time to get back at you there, Jake. Don't worry. About that. <laughs> plenty of time. But uh, interesting. There's there's only just looking a quick look at the schedule. I can only see three uh, East Coast games as well. So there's not a lot of far traveling. A lot like you were mentioned, different time zones. So there won't be a lot of sort of early games that that the Rams will have to contend with either. Yeah, it's like a lot of, you know, 4 p.m.s, I guess, if you're talking Eastern time, which is where I'm at and most people are. Um, you know, a couple of primetime games, which is always good. They're trying to usher in SoFi Stadium for the first time to fans, which is going to be, you know, a nice sight to see. Uh, and the Rams are one of the better teams, so you know they're going to get some Sunday night games, some uh, Monday night games, and obviously everyone has to play a Thursday night game, I believe. So uh, also, you know, there's that primetime uh, aspect of it, which I think is kind of enjoyable for fans. It's a little bit tougher for me because I got to record a podcast at one in the morning after they finish playing on Sunday. But, uh, you know, it's always enjoyable to watch that one game that, that everyone's got their eyes on. Yeah, that Thursday night game is actually against the Seahawks. I think it's in week five, I believe, or something. I think so. That'll be mm-hmm. interesting for sure. So we're gonna yeah, Jer- Jared Goff's no longer there, so uh, <laughs> you know there might not be any insane interceptions coming. You know, just, just well, here, this was I was going to wait until later on to get into this, but there's a common thread anytime we talk about Jared Goff on this show, and I hate talking about Jared Goff on this show because he could be terrible for 16 games out of the year, but those two games against Seattle is when he burns it up and he looks like the NFL MVP, and it always did my head in. It is, it is kind of strange, you know, because. It's the complete opposite for the 49ers. I mean, the guy, 
he got outdueled by Nick Mullins last year. Like, I don't know how how that even happens. The 49ers could barely feel the defense at you know at the end of the year, and it wasn't pretty. So, um, no more Jared Goff curses. Uh, I think Rams fans are going to be you know some are are sympathetic, but I think they feel pretty good about you know moving on and finally getting into a new chapter. So, are you so, talking so- week five in as a winner or a loss? You know. That's oh. tough. I think they're going to split. I don't know which one goes which way, but I think they'll split. We'll see which one, you know, which happens. But uh, He's being the, the, pressure might, the pressure might be on the Rams. You know, they can't start one and two or oh and three. You know, the, the, that fire would start to kind of burn up. Uh, not necessarily that somebody's going to get fired, but, um, you know, a slow start wouldn't look good for Matthew Stafford and, and, you know, them trying to transition into this new offense. So I think the pressure is going to be on the Rams to, just kind of gel and try to get that chemistry down real quick. But who knows how long it's going to take. It took Tom Brady last year, you know, longer than anyone ever would ever expect a goat to take. So uh, Stafford's not exactly that. So we'll see. But um, I think they'll split one, one. I just don't know which one, which one it'll be. Very political answer. I like that. (laughs) So, so we're going to get really in depth now into the rounds, but before we do, I had a kind of a, a softball question to get you going and, Something that stood out to me recently for the Rams was their new rebranding, right? It's the it's one of the most recent rebrandings that we've seen in the NFL in terms of extensively, not just a tweak to a jersey. What I want to get your opinion. Do you think are you one of the happy fans or one of the more mm, I kind of liked where we were and this is a bit too modern and not as not as traditional as we would have hoped. You know, I'm not uh, like fully invested either way. I'm just more like, man, let's see some good football. Okay, but okay, okay. I, I do also like uh, the jerseys. I'll, I'll say that. You know, the I don't love every combo, like the blue tops, blue pants, I think look kind of funky. But uh, the bone color, I think, is unreal. I love that uh, combo, any any combo out of it. Um, and I understand why they did it, right? Because they have uh, all these old heads like myself and people that are older than me that were Rams fans when they were in California in the seventies and eighties and whatever, before they moved to St. Louis, uh, they're going to be fans no matter what. So I think they're trying to identify with that new generation, you know, all the younger kids mm-hmm. now that they moved back to California, they want to have something to give them that they can identify with these new Rams teams. And I think, you know, they've done a pretty good job of it, but there's definitely a lot of fans that are pissed off. I will say that. I'll I guess you if you're thing. in LA, you got to have that swagger, right? That's it's a swagger city. You got to kind of, push the brand a little bit the one thing i'm not a fan of is hang on this it looks like a new hair flick it looks like a, maybe it's a california thing maybe it's the hair flick over to the side that's what i'm not a fan of i don't like the logo yeah they say that uh that looks like that donald trump uh swipe thing but <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I think it's supposed to be some sort of like wave california you know surf up kind of thing i don't know but um the logo was definitely you know unlike by a lot of people they do have that alternate logo it's kind of like that ram's head it looks kind of cartoonish it looks a lot better uh which they kind of you know rotate between they'll put it at midfield and things like that but definitely that one got a bad reception i will say that (laughs) yeah well like that's in they're challenging as well the chargers because you know the chargers are pretty well known for their pretty decent jersey combos going with the baby blue and uh which i which i do like and so they, they definitely have uh rivals close to home if they're just trying to get like some la fans especially yeah and you know they redid their jerseys too and uh my goodness are they clean i love them you know that powder blue and yellow you can't go wrong the rams got similar thing going blue and yellow obviously but oh man the Chargers they might be you know at the top of my list when it comes to uniforms 
Dara, yeah. I have a quick question. I want to ask you this one. This is direct at you. Since we have an LA Rams guest on, I want I want to challenge you to say at least one good thing about the LA Rams. One good thing about the LA <laughs> that's, Rams. That's pretty. That's pretty easy. Um, thank they got you really for Shane Waldron. <laughs> <laughs> thank, yeah. thank, thank you for Shane Waldron, uh, Gerald Everett as well. Um, and but no, one really good thing is and it's pretty obvious. Aaron Donald. You know, the man's a beast. He's the best defensive player in the league. Might be the best one um, that when he finishes up might be the best ever. We'll see. But, you know, like, I look, I can respect the Rams. I like, you know, it's I obviously they're a rival, but there is still some modicum of respect there for sure. And, you know, they, they have some good players that just hate the fact that, like I said, Goff would have his MVP games <laughs> against the Seattle like twice a season and, you know, Seattle will find ways to beat themselves like they did in that playoff game. But let's move on from that because we're not going to talk about that anymore. <laughs> let's talk about the draft um, because uh, the Rams didn't have a first-round pick. Well, like most of the NFC West, to be honest. Um, so their first pick was actually in the second round, um, and they took Tutu Atwell, the wide receiver, um, from Louisville. Um, small, pacey wide receiver, but there were rumors actually that they were looking at taking uh, Dwayne Eskridge instead. And uh, before the Seattle Seahawks took him, one pick before it was actually true, or maybe were they just trying to 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 talk it up a little bit? It sounds like it was true. You know, it's not uh, solidified. I can't say that I would put my life on it, but uh, it does sound like it was going to be Dwayne Eskridge, and I'm not surprised because you know I was tracking who the Rams met with pre-draft, and oftentimes. You know, out of the 30 players that you get to meet with, they're picking, you know, three, four, upwards of five players sometimes. And Dwayne Eskridge was one of those guys, and so was Tutu Atwell. And so I think when Eskridge went one pick before, they kind of got nervous, and um, they might have had, like, a re-strategizing plan there where Tutu Atwell was a, a reach by a lot of people's opinion. And, um, you know, they just seen the guy that they wanted go one pick before them. So I think they kind of said, you know, it's not worth trading back. Uh, you know, you might get a third-round pick, a fourth-round pick, whatever it is. Let's just stay put. Let's take our guy. And um, so I think that it was Eskridge. I think it was going to be. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, like you said, you know, they both quick receivers are both fast. And I think that, you know, trying to get more explosive this offseason was something that they really, really wanted to do. And uh, so, you know, Tutu Atwell still does that, uh, fit that mold there. I was hoping you wouldn't say that it was a reach for Tutu Atwell because I picked him in my dynasty league. So I'm really hoping he is not a reach. I, you know, I like his talent. Uh, the only issue is... If and it is a dynasty league, which is good because you obviously don't need him necessarily this year. But you know, this year I think it's going to be just more gadget style usage, a lot of uh, jet sweeps, wide receiver screens, maybe a few shots down, you know, down the field, and definitely that punt returner role. You want to try to get a guy as explosive he is, um, as many touches as you can per game. But you look at all the other receivers: Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, Deshaun Jackson. There's a log jam there, so I don't expect to see much from him, uh, not this season. But the Rams do a really good job of drafting guys in a given year and then a year or two down the line they're sort of prep for you know guys that are going to hit the market and you look at Deshaun Jackson he's on a one-year contract so uh even coming out when he came out of Cal I want to say it was like 2008 at this point he was known to be a similar style receiver you know he's like 170 pounds really really light a lot of people said he wouldn't be able to keep up in the NFL and so I think they kind of had that plan let's get Deshaun Jackson in the building bring that explosiveness let's get this guy behind him uh give him a chance to learn you know after one of the best deep threats of all time and so I think that was the plan. And, you know, you said dynasty, so you don't need him this year, which is good because I don't expect much this year. But I think in a year, you know, in a year or two down the line, he's definitely going to be the guy when it comes to, you know, deep threads for the Rams. 
Yeah, and elsewhere in the draft, they did solidify a few positions, especially on the defensive line, sort of backing up Aaron Donald there with the likes of, you know, Bobby Brown to play defensive tackle. And then you've got, um, where can I see that? Sorry, uh, Ernest Brown as well, sorry, to play on the edge, as well as some quarterbacks or cornerbacks, I should say, to um, help with the with the loss of Troy Hill. But one other person that, that you lost, I think probably a big one, was um, uh, was it Josh Johnson, uh, yeah, who John went Johnson. to yeah, jo- who went to the uh, Cleveland Browns? Um, how big of a loss is he going to be now this coming year? I think he's going to be big. You know, I think the Rams and like I just said a second ago, they do a good job of planning for things ahead. And so you look back to last year, they drafted uh, Terrell Burgess out of Utah in the third round, who I loved coming out. Uh, they drafted Jordan Fuller out of Ohio State in the sixth round. And, you know, the year prior, they drafted uh, Taylor Rapp in the second round out of Washington. They drafted Nick Scott in the seventh round. So they do a really, really good job of, you know, planning ahead. So I do think they're going to be able to mitigate that loss pretty decently because they got a lot of talent there still. But, you know, you look at John Johnson and the guy was an elite safety last year. Uh, There's no other way to cut it. He was the guy that lined up everyone on defense. He had the green sticker on his helmet. You know, he was getting all the play calls in. Um, Not only that, but he's versatile and he's a guy that, the Rams like to do a lot of pre-snap looks and then, you know, rotating in different looks post-snap to try and confuse quarterbacks. And John Johnson was a big reason why they were, you know, able to do that with the versatility that he had. So I think they definitely will feel that loss to some degree, especially in the leadership aspect too. Uh, but they did do a good job of getting a lot of talent in that safety room. So they should be able to mitigate it, I think. But um, definitely a very, very good player that the Cleveland Browns got. Elsewhere, looking at the, the defense as a whole, the, you've lost your defensive coordinator, Brandon Staley, going over to be the head coach of the Chargers. Now, Raheem Morris is the new defensive coordinator after he spent his time as the DC with the Falcons and then for a brief period as the interim head coach. What did you make of the appointment of Morris in as the defensive coordinator, despite the fact that his history of coaching shows that he's actually worked on the offense and the defensive side of the ball too. So would you would you sort of prefer that where someone has knowledge of both sides of the ball or would you prefer your defensive coordinator to, you know, have a knowledge of the, the side that he's obviously the coordinator of being the defense? Uh, that's a good question. I never thought about that. Uh, I guess, you know, it is good to have multiple perspectives, which uh, like you said, Raheem Morris does. You know, I think it's going to be hard to replace Brandon Staley just because he was so good and, uh, you know, there's only half the battle that people look at, which is uh, game planning, right? You got to go into a game with a good game plan. Otherwise, I mean, you're going to be toast, but ha- that's only half the battle. The other half of the battle is being able to adjust in game and being able to call the right plays at the right time, because at the end of the day, it's just a chess match between offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators. And, uh, you know, they're going to call certain plays that are going to test you out and feel you out and see what you run in response and then call it again later in the game to try and get you. So, Uh, I think that's one of the biggest aspects that I kind of not necessarily worry about, but I'm concerned about, or I'm intrigued to see how it works out. Uh, How can he adjust? What kind of system is he going to run? Him and Sean McVay go way back in time. I think they were in Tampa together many, many years ago. They were in Washington, Washington together nearly a decade ago. So uh, they're clear, you know, they got a clear friendship there. They got a good friendship. Um, And obviously he felt good about hiring him. So, you know, I don't know that you can have a guy that's ever going to be as good as Brandon Steely was last year. They were the number one defense in pretty much every metric you can look at. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I think Raheem Morris has a lot of experience. He's a guy that I think players like to, you know, play for. And I think it's going to be interesting to see. He's still got a lot of talent there, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. So you got to lean on those stars and uh, put guys in positions to succeed. But 
it's definitely one of the more intriguing storylines, I think, going for the Rams, you know, going into the season. Yeah, and sort of one area that if there is maybe a weakness on that defense, which, like you said, was number one overall last year, was absolutely fantastic, is possibly the, the linebacking position. Because just looking at the depth chart here now, sort of, they have the likes of Kenny Young and, and Mika Kaiser down as probably the starters. Like, are you happy with those two going forward being your starting linebackers next year? Or do you think maybe there's some areas or some somewhere that they can improve on? You know, I, those were the starters last year. I don't know that they will be going into this year. I think uh, they're going to give Ernest Jones the uh, third round pick that they picked out of South Carolina every chance to start. They really like him from a head up approach in terms of his IQ, his football acumen. Uh, lining guys up I'm sure they value that kind of stuff so I think they're going to give him the shot and uh, next to him last year was supposed to be Traven Howard a former safety out of TCU a seventh round pick uh, but he got injured in you know training camp there wasn't a real training camp or there was to some degree he got injured lost the whole season so he obviously couldn't play I think they're going to give him every shot to start this season too so I'm expecting it to be Ernest Jones and Traven Howard uh, that's just a guess at this point but if that's a duel I think that's significantly better than what they had last year Still not one of the better ones in the league for sure. You know, Traven Howard is much more coverage-based and coverage-centric. He's a lot quicker of a mover, whereas Ernest Jones, he's really bad in coverage, but he's good at taking guys on, taking on blocks, playing in the box, and trying to play the run. So uh, they got, you know, a couple of bodies there. I think it's going to be one of the more intriguing battles in training camp for sure. You know, I wouldn't be shocked to see it go in any direction. I think there's four or five guys that could ultimately start going into the season, but I'm expecting it to be uh, Traven Howard and Ernest Jones right now. So, so we're going to flip the script on you now and look at the opposite side of the ball, go to the offense. Obviously, the massive news story for the Rams on the offseason was getting rid of Jared Goff, bringing in Matthew Stafford. We talked a little bit in, in one of our new shows about whether we thought teams were going to improve or take a decline when the new quarterbacks come in. And I just want to get your opinion on whether you think Matthew Stafford is going to improve. Obviously, uh, Jared Goff got to 10 wins last season. Do you think Stafford can improve on that total, or are you going to give him a couple of years or maybe just one season to to get his legs underneath him before you expect big numbers out of him? You know, I'm expecting a, a quick transition because this is a guy who's played for you know 12 years now. He's got a lot of experience, played for a lot of head coaches, a lot of different systems, a lot of offensive lines and receivers. So, a guy that, uh, you know, the Rams made a play for. They paid a lot. We'll say that, you know, two first-round picks, Jared Goff, uh, some other stuff. Uh, so it cost him a lot. And I expect, you know, him to have the best career, uh, best season of his career because this is the best coach that he's ever played for by far, the best game planner, best schemer. I think he's probably the best receivers in totality that he's ever played with, uh, probably the best defense that he's ever played with. He's you know, wasn't given much in Detroit. I think he only had, over the course of his 12 years there, I think he only had nine or 11 games, I can't remember, it's 9 or 11 uh, games in his entire career there with a 100-yard rusher, so you know that is horrible, that's one per year, so uh, not exactly what he's going to get in LA, he's got Cam Akers, he's got Daryl Henderson, a very good running game too, so you know, I'm expecting it to be a quick transition, I think it's going to be a career year for him, I think he's going to be an improvement over Jared Goff too, and uh, I think it's going to kind of leak into the rest of their offense, I think the passing game is going to be more productive, I think the running game by virtue will be more productive because teams are not going to be able to stack the box as much. And uh, so I do expect them to, you know, pass the 10 win mark, depending on injuries. Obviously it's going to be very variable there, but 
in my opinion, I'm probably, you know, ballparking it somewhere between 11 and 13 wins, depending on how quick they can gel, how quick they can get the chemistry down, uh, and obviously the injury situation too. You spoke about Sean McVay there. Obviously, he's hot property at the moment in the NFL. Everyone wants someone off his coaching tree to be involved in their staff at the moment. How do you see that transition happening with Stafford? Is McVay going to tweak his system to fit the quarterback that he has, or is he going to coach Stafford up to fit in the system that he is currently running? Do you expect them to look quite similar or completely different next season? And that's probably the most interesting question for me going into this season is what are we going to see? You know, because uh, when Sean McVay came to town 2017, the only quarterback he, he's known in L.A. has basically been Jared Goff. Like, this is a guy who's been very healthy, mind you. He's not missing games either. Like, he missed one game, and it was the last game of his career there uh, when John Wolford took over when he got hurt and broke his thumb. Like, I, I don't know what to expect. I think it's going to be a little bit of what we've seen in 2018. You're going to see... You know, Stafford go under center a little bit and have that heavy play action game that, you know, rolling out far left, far right, far left, far right boot bootleg type of stuff. Um, you know, that wide zone running game, things like that. But at the same time, I think he's a lot more advanced when it comes to reading defenses, being able to get in a shotgun, going five wide. So, uh, you know, the Jared Goff was, and that was something that Sean McVay sort of trended more towards this, you know, past season and things like that. So I'm intrigued to see what's going to happen. I think it's going to be a mix of like, 2018 when they were at their best and you know this past season where they can kind of go into gun a little bit more but one thing i do expect to change quite a bit is that uh, i think they're just gonna open up the playbook more because stafford just has less limitations and i think he's willing to push the ball deep unlike any other quarterback in the nfl right now i mean maybe only Jameis winston does it like he does it so uh that's something that jared goff refused to do last year i don't know what the reason was just did not throw the ball deep uh so i think it's gonna look a little bit different but at the same time you know i think sean mcveigh is gonna be smart enough to know that He's got a, a legitimate veteran on his hands here, and he can really open up the playbook and get creative. And with the with Stafford, especially, is there is there any? How can I say? Is there any sort of cause for alarm, or is there any potential issues with injuries? He he has taken a bit of a beating there with the Lions the last couple of years. Now he missed a, he missed half the season last season with. Uh, not last season, 2019, I should say, with the Lions. And last season, he was carrying a, a pretty severe back injury there too at certain points. So is, is there a, a, a bit of concern there with his sort of, you know, longevity sort of for the whole year, being able to play every game? You know, I, I don't think there is when it comes to the Rams or when it comes to most Rams fans, but for me, there definitely is. Uh, you look at the O-line, by far the weakest part of the offense, in my opinion. They didn't invest... In, into it at all they lost the center uh, they're sliding their right guard from last year austin corbett to center now so that's a new position for him we don't know how he's going to translate they're starting a new uh, right guard for the first time in his career former third round pick bobby evans who used to play left tackle so that's quite a big transition for him i don't know what he's going to play like so that's two question marks on the o-line and like you said stafford's been a guy that's talking a lot of punishment i mean even last year i think he had like five injuries his wrist his thumb his elbow uh there was multiple injuries where, you know, he was getting knocked out of games left, right, and center. So I think it is a concern, but at the same time, um, you know, you, you kind of made your bed. Now you got to lay in it. And so uh, they didn't invest in that whole line. I guess they feel confident with what they're putting out there. And uh, that's, you know, they're just going to have to hold up as best as they can. But I do think there is some slight concern for sure. And so let's just take it back to the, the Matt Stafford, Jared Goff trade. On the day the trade came, and you obviously had heard about it, there was a lot of news that the trade details started leaking in. Were you hoping 
a little less was given away to acquire Matt Stafford, or were you happy to get a, away from Jared Goff and his contract that, that the, the Rams had given him? Yeah, you know, at the time, I was actually taking a nap, which is kind of funny. Uh, and I had literally just woken up, looked at my phone. I'm like, oh, Lord, I have 74 notifications. What happened? And uh, yeah, of course, uh, the biggest trade of the century for us. So uh, I feel like it was good, you know, in terms of the uh, upgrade. I think, you know, they, they got a clear cut upgrade, in my opinion. And, you know, you, you talk about the first round picks and they are first round picks. They're worth something a lot, actually. But the Rams are a team that's always made a playoff. So we're talking about, you know, a pick that's going to be 25 through 32, somewhere in that range. We're not talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars number one overall. So you got to factor that in too. Uh, you got to factor in the fact, you know, like you said, Jared Goff's contract that obviously took some, uh, you know, assets that needed to be included because that was a big contract that probably nobody wanted to take on at the time. I was a little bit disappointed because, you know, this is before the whole Deshaun Watson stuff. And we knew Deshaun Watson wanted out at that point in time. So, uh, you know, the Rams called Green Bay about Aaron Rodgers. They called Houston about uh, Deshaun Watson. And it felt like, you know, they had to settle almost for the third best option, which was still a tremendous option. But at the time, you know, I, I feel like the Rams are their kind of team that, man, they go they go bigger, they go home. And so I was kind of hoping for like a Deshaun Watson play, but uh, it was expensive. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, they made their team a lot better. And uh, at the end of the day, you don't know what's going to come with these first round picks. And you look at the Jaguars, they, you know, had the last first uh, two first round picks from the Rams from the Jalen Ramsey trade and the two players they came away with. I don't think many people would take those guys over the best corner in football. So uh, they got a lot better. It did cost a lot. And uh, that's really just where we're at. Well, can I ask? Spoken, go on. I've been no, asking sorry. before on Jared Goff and I just, I, I was never a huge fan of him. I just never thought he had maybe, maybe he was just lacking in the IQ part of it for the game. Um, Obviously, I think that kind of transcends the Rams into nearly a Super Bowl. Like they're always kind of a Super Bowl contender, but this puts them into serious contention for the for the Super Bowl. Do you think that has shot them up there, or do you think they're kind of always around there? I think it did. You know, uh, you look back to last year. I thought they were good. I didn't think they were Super Bowl contenders. You look back to 2019, definitely not Super Bowl contenders. That was the one year they missed the playoffs. 2018, they were Super Bowl contenders. That team was stacked, and they made it there. Uh, but I do think that it does vault them into that category. And, uh, you know, Jared Goff is just a guy that you don't know what you're getting. That was the issue. So inconsistent uh, when the pocket's clean and things are good. He could look like the best quarterback in the NFL. And uh, when he's pressured and he's got, you know, five, six guys coming at him, he can look like the worst quarterback in the league. So too much variance there. I do think it vaults him into, uh, you know, the Super Bowl talk at least, or at least one of the best teams in the NFC. Yeah, actually, this is interesting because Jake asked about what you gave up to get to get Stafford. And we talked a bit of the, the concerns with his injury as well. Um, division rival 49ers gave up a treasure chest load of picks as well, including first rounders for their pick number three, effectively giving up a treasure chest for Trey Lance. If you had your choice, would you rather do what you did with the Rams and got Stafford, or would you have liked them maybe considering the draft class that we had this year? Wouldn't have had them in Lance if you preferred Fields or Mac Jones instead? You could pick them. Would you prefer them to go use those picks on someone in the draft? Well, that is a good question. All right, that is a really good question. That is a hard one to answer. Uh, it's easy for me to say because my job's not on the line, you know. So if things don't work <laughs> out, I'm a little bit more risky. So I might go with the draft pick because uh, I think when you factor in the idea that. You get a Trey Lance or you get a Justin Fields and um, you're getting, you know, 20, 25 million dollars in cap space on top of that per year. So you're talking uh, a quarterback that may or may not be as good. We don't know. It's a question mark. But you're also talking about 
you know, two potentially elite players uh, in addition with that salary cap space. So I probably would have went quarterback, but I don't think the Rams could have. They're, they're way too invested right now in the Super Bowl window. They traded all these picks for the Jalen Ramseys and all these guys, the Brandon Cooks's, and they had to go with the quarterback. That was a veteran that can get them there right now because that window is open right now. And if you take a Fields or you take a Lance, you might not be ready to be a Super Bowl contender for you know two years, and they can't afford that right now. So I think they had to do it. Well, that's the other thing as well, right? Even if Stafford is, plays out of his skin and is the quarterback that you hope he is, he's already been in the league 12 years. Like, you might have him four more, six years if you're really, really lucky. Whereas if you hit, obviously we don't know how these rookies are going to pan out, but if you hit on a Stafford-level rookie, you get him for all those 12 years, maybe even 18 years. So it's yeah. a re- it's a really difficult decision i think to go whether you go draft or a proven commodity in the nfl yeah and you get that guy on a five-year rookie contract he's going to be making you know five million dollars a year versus matt ryan who's making 45 million that's a big difference you know you could do a lot with 40 million dollars and the rams have some salary cap issues that's why they lost a lot of good players in free agency so i mean it's an amazing question and you know, I feel like we could talk about it all day. It's so hard to really pick your side. And we don't know what's going to be the right answer until we look back, you know, in a year or two. Uh, but I think they feel really good about what they have right now. Yeah, and I think I, I sort of agree with you there. So in terms of you have to evaluate where your team is um, before making that decision. If you are in this win now mode, yeah, you do have to go for, for the Stafford. Um, if you were one of those that you could say, right, we'll give it – Two years, you know, we'll use that extra space and our cap room and we'll build a team nicely in certain areas like you were mentioning, maybe build up the O-line a little more, invest a bit more into that. But, yeah, I think that where the Rams are, yeah, I think it's definitely the right option that they've gone for for Stafford in this case, um, as much as it pains me to say that for sure. Um, but, listen, we're going to wrap it up here Um uh, before we let you go, uh, where can people uh, find uh, your show and your socials? Yeah, so you can find uh, my writing. I write about fantasy football at PFF. Uh, you can find uh, the Locked on Rams podcast pretty much anywhere where you can get podcasts. I'm hosting five episodes there a week, so uh, we're going strong. And uh, you can find me on Twitter, at QB's MEP. Excellent stuff. Listen, Sosa, it's been so great to have you on. It's uh, We've had a great chat with you today. We hopefully um, will speak to you again in the near future, if not before the season starts, definitely at some point during it. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys for having me, man. Cheers. No problem at all. No problem at all. And guys, like I said, that is where we're going to wrap up this show today. Before we go, if you haven't already and you are watching us on YouTube, please like this video and subscribe to the Under Center podcast. That's where you'll find our shows each and every time we upload a brand new show. Also, like I said, we upload S bite-sized highlights of this show too if you can, if you don't have the time to watch the full show if you prefer the audio side of things you want to listen to us on the go go to wherever you get your podcast just search under center podcast that's where you'll find us that's where you'll get all of our shows too air socials facebook.com forward slash under center pod twitter instagram the exact same at under center pod Make sure if you haven't please if you can't follow us like it says we're on the quest for a thousand before week one of the regular season but that is all the time we have for this week we'll be back soon with another podcast uh probably finishing off our off-season series but until then stay safe and we'll see you soon